Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. Our next question is from Betsy. I am curious why you think church leaders and elders are following social distancing slash mask slash online service mandates. Some are citing kindness and love for their fellow man, but why are they fearful as we are directed not to live in fear? Why are they listening to the government and the mainstream media that has done nothing but vilified them and does not support their First Amendment rights? Why do they think that all of a sudden the government and the mainstream media have their best interest in their congregation's health in mind? Oh, so much to unpack here. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we can, begin? Can open worms everywhere. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, um, wow. All right. To begin, I might even say that, like, my profession right now is in the infection control industry. And so I've been involved in COVID-19 stuff since definitely before it was on the bulk of this country's minds. <laughs> And then it's constantly being talked about. I mean, we were, I, I looked back the other day at my email from my company and was looking at like, what was the first mention that we had of, of COVID or, or SARS mm. this year? Yeah, it was back in January. And, you know. <laughs> and I was like, man, it, it seems like so long ago now. <laughs> so your entire but year. has It, so it literally has been. It literally yeah. has been. Uh, we've, we've been on this. But uh, suffice to say, it. I don't think if there had not been a mandate that church leaders and elders would have just not had any type of social distancing or online services or even potentially face masks. Because I think that the evidence is there. And if so much political capital had not been lost in all of the insanity that has been going on internally to the federal government side and through the state sides and through all the things that have been going down and all the mismanagement and all of the ill-founded ways of going about, you know, dealing with this, that there were perfectly good ways of finding different means of handling the problem. And so, you know, I think that it would have been understood that churches would have needed to make some appropriate changes. Now, maybe it would have looked different than what we actually have now. Maybe it would have looked a little different, but Overall, I'm not sure it would have looked that much different. I know in my state, the governor didn't mandate anything. And the churches in my county voluntarily went to online services. Not, not all of them. Some of them met throughout the whole thing secretly. But I, yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying there, Norm, because it goes to show that I think there's a, an assumption that if the state doesn't tell us to do it, we wouldn't have done it. And I'm not saying, you know, you, Betsy, are assuming that per se, but I think a lot of people tend to assume that like, oh, well, we'll let people make their own decisions. And people who are more statist in mindset think, oh, well, people won't make the right decisions. And we also want to sort of avoid that as well and say, well, people won't make the right decisions. So the heart, though, of the question is about the whole living in fear, okay? Living in fear, in my mind, isn't necessarily about not taking precautions, okay? So... I don't not speed. I mean, I sometimes speed on the road, but I don't do it because I'm not living in fear. It's not like I'm fearful that if I drive too fast, I'm going to die or something like that, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to endanger somebody. I mean, sometimes that's, that's good. But I don't know if social distancing and wearing masks and being precautionary is necessarily living in fear. 
it can be. I think there are people out there who are panicking. They're the ones who yeah. are macing people in open air. They're, I mean, I, I live on a road that has a lot of people walk because there's only one side and the other side's farm. And so a lot of people, it's just like a nice view and people like to walk on it. And I've seen people, especially early on, they were out walking with masks on. And I'm like, no one's around you. I know I just said a lot of people walk on that. I, not, not a lot. I just said a lot of people walk on that road, but like it's not that crowded. So I'm like, no one's around you. And I'm like, well, maybe they, you know, in case they come in contact with somebody, they don't want to have to put the mask on. So they're just wearing it or whatever. And that's fine. But, you know, those types of people, assuming that they're fearful, is kind of what strikes us as like, oh, you're wearing a mask because you're afraid. I don't think that's the case. And I think it's too assuming about why people wear masks. There are people who are afraid. There are also people who are afraid genuinely because they are immunocompromised. You know, it's it's funny you even kind of describe that like that, Doug, because I've heard some Christians, and I think erroneously, well, no, it's not entirely erroneously, but they'll argue like, well, you, you know, you can't, you don't know the motivation of why somebody wouldn't want to wear a mask. And it is, you know, okay, you're right. I, I mean, mean, why somebody they, doesn't wear a mask? Exactly. So turn that around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of erroneous, however, to say like, well, you just understand why somebody would wear a mask. It's just because they're in fear. Yeah. Like that's, that's, a yeah. Bit, that's a bit much, you know? I was out on a hike like a month and a half ago and we were on a trail that was like a single trail and we were going through the woods and there was somebody coming the other direction and they weren't wearing a mask, but they had one in their hands. And so when they saw somebody come, they would basically cover the, their <laughs> face with their mask. And okay, that was, again, you know, Norm just laughed, right? And that was sort of my, I'm like, really? Why would you do that? You're out in the middle, like we're literally no, out in the woods or whatever. And then I thought, well, holy cow, what, who, how do I not know? I mean, they, they, they seemed like, I mean, they, by all, you know, external appearances, the person seemed healthy and in shape. I mean, they're, goodness sake, they're out, you know, walking in the woods with friends. But I don't know what their health history is. Who am I to judge them for choosing to wear a mask? And who, why should I even care too much whether or not they're being overly cautious as a, and, and fearful. Like, they're taking precautions that they seem to think are worthwhile. And so, you know, if we lived in, you know, in Kapistan, right, where we, <laughs> where everybody was just allowed to do whatever they wanted and we were a judgmental free society, we wouldn't be judging them. So why are we, why are we judging people for this now? I do know the answer to that is sort of, well, the state's telling them they need to and they're just, they're just sheep. That's and Betsy, false. I'm not attributing that to you. Uh, just FYI, if you're listening, yeah. um, not attributing that to you. But I've heard that it's like, well, they're just listening to the state and so forth. And Norm, you can explain why that's false, even though, of course, governors are saying mm -hmm. to mask up. Well, it's perfectly it's perfectly fine to understand the reasons why one would want to wear a mask. In fact, it you know, going back to the person you met on the trail, I mean, on one hand, it is a little silly because, you know, you're out in the open air and so on and so forth, and you can always just move a few feet to the side and it's not a big yeah, deal. Right. But, but here's the thing, like, we shouldn't forget that masks are just as much for the prevention of transmission if you are the carrier than preventing transmission from somebody who's around you to you, okay? Right. And that's, you kind of got to realize that. So, putting so in theory, mask, that person could have known they had COVID. Well, either that or they're signaling to you as you're coming on a trail that, like, hey, I respect you. So in the event that I don't know that I have it because asymptomatic transmission is real, okay, I'm doing my part to protect you a little more. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, it's not like, an I'm afraid of you. It's I, I am doing my part to protect yeah, you and yeah. myself. So, I mean, that's why I would do it. 
I believe right now that I do not have COVID. But I'm going to go out in a little while to visit with a friend. And I'm going to at least, you know, wear a mask, at least while we're at the table and we're not, uh, you know, behind the beer. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like, but that's because I'm trying to do my best to protect my friend in the event that I have something I don't know I have. Yeah. The second half of Betsy's question talks about the being told by the government, the mainstream media, who has done nothing but vilified them and doesn't really have their interest in in mind. And, you know, I kind of sympathize with that aspect of the question. At the same time, at this stage in, like, how we have society arranged, who else is going to tell them what to do? Like, and I don't mean, like, tell them what to do, but where else are they going to get their information? Like, this is just the, the, it's sort of the structure that we have. And so, of course, the mainstream media is going to tell them this. Of course, the government Who cares what they say anyway about us like this? It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're already against us. Let's just, (laughs) let's just do the best we can with the knowledge that we have. And that's, like, who cares what they say about us otherwise? Yeah, it's not, it's not not true because the government's telling you to do it. Yeah, like or, or <laughs> well, you know what I that's mean. That's true. Like, that's true. But also, but also, I'm, with respect to the way in which Betsy's putting the question that they vilify us and not and not supporting our First Amendment rights, like does, so what? They're going to vilify us that. and not support our First Amendment rights anyway. That's the way they've been operating. If COVID so didn't them. exist, they, this yeah. would still be happening in some other way. So they'd yeah. still be saying bake the cake, you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So like, you know, so again, you, you don't need to fear them like that anyway. You do not have to live in fear like that either. Yeah, I I would just say the best way to consider the way the church leaders are doing things is at least I will just say that for my church leaders, they seem to, and I know that these, you know, not by name, but I know specifically that in my church, the leadership of at least over a dozen men in leadership there, they -hmm. all disagree as many Americans do about the nature of this and about how serious it is and how and all of that. And they're still being precautionary. And so they're not just bowing to the government, even though they're... Okay, doing what the government says you should do is not the same thing as bowing to the government. Because if you independently also think it's the right thing to do, maybe you're wrong, but that doesn't mean you're doing it because, oh, the governor told me to. Here's another thing, too. And I was reminded by this by uh, our our good friend N.T. Wright uh, a couple weeks ago, and I thought this was a very erudite and good thing to say. You know what? It's not like that the church hasn't faced pandemics before. So if you want to know what it means to not live in fear, maybe we should go learn from our Christian forebears in this regard. You know, there's a mm, you know rather yeah. interesting precedent for how churches are to act in pandemic situations when you look at, yeah. you know, the Black Plague, or even go back to 1918 and the, and the Spanish flu epidemic, which killed a lot more people than this. Yeah, he actually just published a book called God in the Pandemic. Uh, it's yeah. like six or seven bucks on Kindle. And it, uh, actually, he reads the audiobook, which is, it's funny because it's probably like <laughs> the only opportunity you'll ever get to hear uh, N.T. Wright read his own audiobook. <laughs> but so it's like a little... And it's always better listening to a Brit reader, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I, I would recommend it. I'm, I'm about halfway through it. And I always always recommend N.T. Wright. So what does, he, what does he say? Has he gotten to the historical church in this regard? He, at this point, he's going over the, you know, the unprecedented nature and, you know, just sort of like opening thoughts, which by the way, you can actually, without paying, you can go to time.com and read an article they asked him to write. Oh, okay. Um, probably back in like late March. And it's sort of the start of what became the book. At this point, he's going through sort of like, how do we react to pandemics should be the same way we react to anything that's major. And then that is look to Jesus. I know that sounds super cliche. And it's been about three days since I've read it. 
So I am going to, well, no, it isn't. But the way in which he's leading us through, like how does the Old Testament deal with things? How did the church deal with things? And like, what does it look like? And there's a lot of debate over, oh, well, Christians should do this, Christians should do that. So at this point, I I don't have solid uh, answers on that, but it's definitely well worth it. And it's not, it's, I think the audio book's a little over two hours. So that's, it's a short book. Clearly, because I mean, he wrote it in like you know, he probably if, if one honestly he probably that, wrote it in an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the man can write like crazy. <laughs> well, and and I think it's worth noting, like if the phrase "look to Jesus" seems a little trite to you, then maybe the rephrase is "look to how Jesus showed love and mercy to the sick." Yeah. Okay. May, yep. Or. or if the phrase, what would Jesus do, sounds a little cliche in this scenario, maybe you can reframe it to, what should the church do in the face of, of great sickness like this? We seem to have this interesting phenomena that happens in churches all the time, where, you know, pastors go visit sick people in the hospital at, some, at points, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And like, yes, I recognize that like, there, we're in special situations with highly transmissible diseases and whatnot and, you know, in pandemic scenarios. But like, yeah, what are we doing in this regard? Yeah. And there's also the long term, how do we prepare for the next one? And I don't mean the next one isn't like, you know, two years from now, but like, how do we cultivate a culture or a church culture of what does it look like to respond to people in need? Because this this has become so politicized, and I've gotten caught up in it as well. I mean, Nor- Norman knows because I send him texts all day long about <laughs> certain things, and and you know sometimes they're pretty unorthodox. But it's still, you know, it comes back to how do we how do we live and follow Christ in a world where we're being told what to do very specifically, and sometimes doing that would have happened anyway had we really thought about it. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's room for doing the right thing and preparing to do the right thing. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I would answer it. This podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.